Yo, what's going on, and welcome back to another edition of the Just Swinging It podcast. I'm Chris McBride. I'm joined, as normal, by John Burrell and Fat Baby Fun. But we got a very special guest on tonight. He's been on the show before, if you've been listening for a while. Um, we got the Canadian Futures Trader on tonight. And, um, yeah, it's just going to be a pretty big John episode. Um, me and Fat Baby will probably just hang back and, and let them um, – nerd out about some futures how's that sound to y'all sounds good we got a couple other things i think uh i think you guys can chime in on too as well so it'll, it'll be good talk i'm 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 very much looking forward to this yep how are you doing fat baby doing well doing well staying busy just bouncing around and uh buying stocks and losing money you know how it goes that's your favorite thing to do. <laughs> hey, uh, it m- might make it back at some point. You're getting pretty good at it. Yeah, yeah. I'm still up. I'm still up, but you know, it's uh, buy and hold is not a the right market right now. But not a not time to to change strategies. For sure, you gotta you gotta stick with uh, your strategy for sure. Um, how yeah, about what about you, you um, Canadian future trader? How how are you doing? How's how's old Canada? Ah, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Good to be back. Uh, all of Canada is great. Winter's over. Spring is here. I'm energized. I'm ready to talk some futures and uh, hey, maybe learn a little bit about stocks from you guys. Where are you at again in Canada? Are you on the the east or the west? Yeah, I'm kind of like east. I'm like directly above New York, so I'm in Montreal, Canada. Yeah, so since we had him on the show last um, time. Niagara Falls type area. Yeah, since we had him on the show last time, he actually moved across across Canada, so. Yeah, I was out on the far west coast, like Vancouver, and then, uh, yeah, I moved east. So, yeah, I mean, Canadians will hate it if I say I'm near Niagara Falls. I'm about like a. I don't know, seven hour drive, but yeah, I'm in the general region. Yeah. Like kind of above New York, exactly. Harsh winters, all that stuff. Yeah. So, um, what's the difference between that you've noticed thus far from the West to the East, which one you um, like better? Who that's a tough one. Uh, see winter was definitely harsh here. I gotta say I was questioning my, uh, life choices all winter and moving to Montreal, but that said, uh, I, everyone keeps telling me that summer, like spring, summer here is awesome. People are friendly. Food is great. There's a lot of culture. Montreal, Montreal is just like an old city. So there's, there's tons of cool stuff to do here. And it's new for me. I wanted to live here for, for years and years. Finally pulled the trigger. So I'm excited for summer to get out and actually explore the city. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds, yeah, sounds, good. sounds good. Yeah. All right. Well, John, I'll, I'll let you take it away. All right, just to add on that last uh, that that last point, being from the west and going to the east, um, you probably wake up a little later to trade to the New York session. Yeah, I mean, on, yeah, bringing it to futures, hundred uh, percent, it is uh, far better. Like in Vancouver, I mean, the treasury market opens at five twenty a.m. It was a nightmare, um, but here it's great. It's eight twenty a.m. It works out perfect. I'm up usually by six six thirty, just naturally. So yeah, my schedule is far more uh, kind of just in sync here. Like I trade the morning session, and that's pretty much it, and it just works out like a gem. Okay, so you so that's something I I wasn't sure of when you traded. So you like to trade a lot in the morning. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of things probably changed since last time and I don't know how much we talked about this, but, um, yeah. So I really focused on, I mean, I focused on a lot of things, but one of them was figuring out when I'm most productive, meaning profitable, I guess. Um, so yeah, I like once I, you know, had enough stats under my belt, you know, I journal all my trades and stuff and really dug in. I just realized like the morning sessions really the, where the money was made, you know, I was kind of did the classic, um, and there's nothing wrong with this, but, you know, I think like when I started trading, you know, I had like, I, lo I loved it and I still love futures trade, but I wanted to trade as much as I could, like every hour of the day, but it's not necessarily the most productive way to go about it. So now, yeah, I completely ignore the evening session. I definitely focus on the morning session and then I might trade in the afternoon, but, um, yeah, I try to like kind of really, um, uh, hone in and fine tune it and just trade that morning session and then do other stuff in the afternoons. Yeah, heard that. So is that something that you came to a decision on from the journaling, like specifically because you may be seeing in your stats that your winners mostly came from the mornings versus the evenings? Yeah, I think it was a, a combination of like, so the journal is definitely like hard and fast stats. You know, I'm very much like, I have a, like a math background and accounting and all this stuff. So numbers appeal to me. So once I started journaling and like, and journaling, when I say journaling, I don't just mean keeping like a dear diary type of journal. Like I'm actually like tracking all the stats and stuff. Um, yeah, it's right in your face. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm just doing far better in the morning. On top of that, I just knew that like, I was going to burn out if I kept trying to trade, you know, evening, morning and afternoon. Like when you start dreaming about the futures market, cause you're just like doing futures all day long, like it, it gets annoying. Um, and I really just wanted to focus a bit more. So it was a combination of knowing that I probably should focus and then seeing the hard numbers and going, okay, yes, like I, I really should focus. And it's a weird transition at first because you want to be involved, right? And you feel like you're missing out on opportunities, uh, but uh, you kind of get in this new routine and it sets in and you realize, okay, yeah, no, this was a, a smart decision. And so do you think do you... that was um, when, when you were, um, you know, journaling that and you, you were making more money in the morning, um, do you think, was that a market condition thing where, you know, there's just more activity in the morning or was it, you know, you've been trading all day and towards the evening, you know, you were just getting a little tired or unfocused and, you know, pushing a little too hard or what, what do you think it was? Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's, that's a great point and good question. And um, kind of both, I would say it will, it more lean towards the market activity. Like there's just more going on in the market. You know, the bond pit opens 820 at the U S session, 820 AM. There's just far more like right now. I know you can't see my screen, but on my screen, I'm looking at the evening session, you know, the ultra, like there's in the last like 30 minutes, there's been, uh, let me add it up here, 17 contracts traded in the Ultrabond. Like there's just no activity or no good activity. Um, but you're right as well on the fact that like when you're staring, you start forcing trades. Like say I really, you know, if I was trying to trade this evening, I'd start like trying to force trades and that just gets you into bad situations. So, and you're wearing yourself out for when the good times are there. So it really was all the things. Um, but I very much think, uh, yeah, the combination of the better conditions in the morning, along with just being fresh and having fresh eyes and ready to hit it and know like, hey, I've got four hours here. Let, let me see what I can do with this. Yeah, and that, you know, that makes a lot of sense. They say that the more decisions you make throughout the day, the worse your decisions will get as you continue to make decisions. So that makes that makes a lot of sense that, you know, when you're fresh in the morning, 
you can make maybe the best decisions of the day early on. Uh, there's a, a lot of good um, points in there. Uh, maybe we'll hit on. Uh, one of the questions I have with that is, say you have a big morning. You, you've made a lot of money. And then let's also say you also had a, a, a bad morning and you've lost a lot of money. Which one is harder to stop yourself from continuing trading? Is it after you've won a lot and maybe you think you can continue winning throughout the day? Or is it when you have a big loss you want to try to make it up? What's harder for you to, to after one of those events, to stop yourself from continuing trading the rest of the evening? Um, good question. Probably the winning one. Um you know, your, your adrenaline kicks in. Uh, I, I mean, I could see why for any given person, like I could go either way, but for me, it's the winning one. One, yeah, you're, you know, you're riding on that high, you want to keep going, you want to make more money and you can get into the mindset of like, well, I've got a buffer now, you know, I made whatever, like pick like a thousand dollars, like a lot of money is relative to the person, but say it's a thousand bucks, you know, you're thinking, well, I could still lose 300 and I'm still up 700. You know, you start to like give yourself excuses for why you should keep trading, um, uh, which isn't the best thing to do either. Um, but I, so for me, a losing day, um, I would say in the past, that might've been my answer. It might've been tougher because everybody wants to make up their losses, right? Nobody likes to end on a losing day. I think um, just with time and just kind of, uh, I don't want to keep harping on the stats. Like I really, I look at my stats, I don't focus on them, but going my stats, like I know, like I'm just better off, like bad days become horrible days very quickly. If you start chasing that and you know, you have a loss and you try to make it back, but then you dig yourself a bigger hole. Um, so I'm pretty good at like calling quits. If it's like a losing day, it's just a losing day. Time to walk away, go walk the dog, call it, call it good. And tomorrow's a, a fresh day. And every time I've done that, um, it can be hard to walk away from a losing, like when you're in like the middle of a losing day, but I always feel better the next day. I'm like, okay, you know what? So what? I lost X amount yesterday. Today's a new day. But if I dig myself a huge hole, then I just feel horrible. And then I really, I still feel horrible the next day. So, um, yeah, but. To answer your question, harder to walk away from a winning day these these days. Yeah, and I, I agree with that as well. Just, um, you know, from a sports gambling perspective, you know, if you – to me, anyhow, say, say you, you have a bet and it, you know, it loses, you know, you, you may fire one more like just a, you know, like you said, chasing and trying to make sure you didn't have a losing day or whatever. Mm -hmm. You may You may fire one more, but – you know, if that loses, then you you're by that point you're pretty frustrated, um, pretty frustrated, and then you're probably just going to walk away anyhow. Um, or at least in my opinion, I, I'm not just going to keep firing, but you might throw one out there, and it, if it loses two, you know you're frustrated, you're done for the day. But if you know if you're if you're on fire and you're um, you know you're hitting, you know every bet you put in or trading, if you're you're making money on every trade you put in. Like you said, it's a lot harder. You know, it's a lot harder to walk away because, like you said, if you made a thousand dollars, you know, and you put in another trade for two hundred, and you know, if that loses or whatever, then all of a sudden you're still up eight hundred dollars. It's still a great day. So I agree with that sentiment that it's, you know, it's a lot harder to walk away when you're winning than than losing. Yeah, and it also goes back to the whole mindset of like, you know, even in basketball. You know, Chris and I have played quite a bit of basketball. Uh, through our years and when you're on that hot streak uh, a, a big thing in basketball if you make a couple shots they say he's hot feeding 
and you just want to keep keep that role going and uh, until it eventually burns out um, but a lot of times it's better to stop on the on the few good uh, hits that you've made in a row or the few a uh, few big shots that you've hit in a row so yeah that makes a lot of sense uh it, it kind of goes back and forth i mean I, i'm not sure to me uh, which one's harder or easier but uh, like you said uh, it's easy to see both perspectives of that i've asked that question to a couple people and it's just it's interesting to see the different viewpoints of it but it, it I, i'm going to save that one uh, to ask later on for a couple other interviews that we have um talking about journaling uh, a little more do you i know you say you look at it and you know your numbers you don't necessarily focus on it what is maybe some tips that you could tell someone new that maybe they're either struggling with trading or maybe they're doing well but they could do better what's a couple of things that you've take uh, took away from journaling that could help a new trader or even a trader that's a little bit successful already that could help them further their their I guess their career or their profitability sure yeah so a uh, few thoughts the um so one journaling definitely doesn't it's one of those things that i think a lot of people dismiss or they're like they're, they're so focused on trading and figuring out trade setups and all that they hear journaling they're like whatever i mean a secondary problem with it is it kind of costs money like there's there are free journaling software out there but they're few and far between like you're gonna have to throw some money at it not necessarily a lot like 20 bucks a month 30 bucks um, I pay, I forget what I pay. I paid for an annual license for journalytics, but, um, so those are a few like reasons why people don't get into it, but I got to say, if you just like bite the bullet and do it, um, it's fairly, once you get over that hurdle and you're like, okay, I'm going to give this a shot. I think people get maybe hung up too on the idea that like they hear the word journaling, like I mentioned earlier, it's not like a dear diary. It's not like you have to have like write notes on every trade. I don't write a single note. I just let it collect my stats. So it's more of like a statistical analysis, if anything. Um, so is, and it, I, is it just like a PNL? Is that what you mean by journaling? It's tra tracking every trade timing and when loss, all that kind of stuff. Yes, exactly. So exactly. So it's tracking all that kind of raw data about the trade. So, you know, when you entered, when you exit, uh, you know, how many contracts, P&L, you know, what product, obviously, all those types of things, what time of day. Um, but then, you know, over time, it collects all your stats, and you're able to start really drilling down. So things like, you know, yeah, like, what is my win rate, loss weight, ah, sorry, tongue tied there, win loss ratio, um, you know, also, what products am I most profitable at? You know, what's my win loss based on product? A lot of people trade, you know, like 20 different products. They could, they get lost maybe in the, in, you know, where they're actually making money and where they aren't. Um, journaling also tracks things beyond, like, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of like MA, it's weird. I've been talking about this a lot lately. Um, MAE or MFE, it, it's a maximum adverse excursion, maximum favorable excursion. So basically it's tracking like, you know, how far are you letting trades go against you and how far are you letting trades go in your favor compared to where you're actually getting out of the trade? So is it seeing kind of like a volatility like, kind of metric? Yeah. Yeah. So like, say like I was letting, you know, all my ultra bond trades move 10 ticks against me, but I was getting lucky and they were all coming back. Well, that's pretty scary versus the person who just has it, you know, three ticks against them. So it is that volatility. And the thing is, over time, the person who's letting trades go, you know, 10 takes against them, it's, it's going to catch up to them. So 
Um, but getting back to the, the, you know, the question of somebody new, I think just diving in and starting to do it. And really it takes some time. Like if you just journal for a day, it's not, it's not going to do any good. You really need some like quantity of trades, uh, to really dig in then and look at the stats and, and see where you're profitable. But I mean, I think more so than that, it's like actually being ambitious enough to take the information and then put it into play. Like I could look at my stats all day and go, okay, you know what? I'm more profitable trading the ultra bomb than whatever crude oil. And I'm more profitable in the morning, but if I don't actually then like use that to do something with it, then, you know, what's the point of, of doing it? Um, like myself, one thing that I do, and maybe this is like a tip for somebody, I just try to pick like one thing to work on every single month. So for example, uh, that uh, MAE, the adversity, um, one thing I, I mean, you kind of know, but uh, people might not know, I, I primarily trade the ultra bond. And so it, you know, uh, treasuries don't move a lot of ticks in general. So I don't let trades go more than say two to three ticks against me, but for a while my stats were showing me like, Hey, you're, you're taking losses at like four ticks. And that might not sound like a lot, but if you put on enough size, that's, you know, real dollars that you're losing. So I made a conscious effort to be like, no, I need to get that number tighter. Um, and things like that. So, and that's also, you know, going back to what I kind of first started saying, like just seeing like, oh, I'm far more profitable in the mornings and the evenings are a disaster because I'm just forcing trades and the afternoons are just kind of, you know, wishy-washy. So let's just, you know, use our time more, more uh, wisely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, my tips would be just one, give it a try. Two, you know, don't be scared about paying, you know, 20, 30 bucks a month. You can cancel it if it doesn't work out for you. Uh, and three, but really embrace it. Like actually like, look at it as an investment towards your trading career. Uh, one thing I get from a lot of, you know, newer traders um, just in my travels online is, you know, they're really looking to come in, uh, make a big hit. And that's what they think trading is. I'm like, no, you got to think long-term, you know, this, if this is your new career in life, you know, invest the effort and the time and the tools that will help you get better. So think of it as a tool and uh, use it. So there you go. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's... That there's a lot of good points in there. Um, Especially, you know, one of the things you said about the, the journaling, you know, if you, if you start journaling, you can't just a week from now, you know, pick up what you've done and use those stats for really anything um, for any with any purpose. Um, so the, the point about, you know, you kind of got to let let some of it build a little bit um, over a period of time um, until so you can actually see, you know, you know, where are you making money or where are you doing things um, bad? Where are you doing things good? You really need, um, you know, a little bit of time to build up so you can have reliable stats because, you know, if, you know, if you start, you first start doing it and you wait two weeks, um, you know, those, those stats may not be the case. We talk about the, um, you know, the, the rules of large numbers and stuff on here all the time. You, you kind of got to have, you know, a data set um, to work with. So, yeah, I think that's a, a pretty good point there. Especially, and then also the one um, you were talking about, um, you know, it being more of a long-term game. We, we talk about that on here all the time. There's, there's um, you know, if someone's getting started, you know, trading or investing or whatever, they, especially trading, not, not really as much investing, but trading especially, they have to, you know, you know, pick what they're trying to do. Or are you, is someone trying to do this more as a job where they're making, you know, a steady amount of money over the long term? Or is someone doing it as a hobby where, you know, they're making one or two trades 
every once in a while. When when you try to mix those is when you know people lose their hat. So if someone's making ton you know tons of trades, but they're not putting in a lot of uh, enough research, or um, you know they're putting in tons of trades and they're just looking for these big hits, they're probably not going to do too well. Um, but if you're you know if they're doing it as a hobby and you're picking you know one trade or two trades over you know a month or two you know you can look you know probably for those bigger wins but if you're doing this you know more as a job or like a long-term thing there's nothing wrong with you know taking the small wins as they go because that that will build up over time so you know most of the people who do that and are, are willing to take the smaller wins not not be greedy not try to let it run up you know they tend to have i would say you know, less time where they're actually losing money and more time where they're actually winning money. So all good points there. Yeah. And for the people that uh, may not know, we were talking about ticks and, um, and we were talking about a few other terms, uh, right off the top of my head, I'd probably sound idiotic trying to explain ticks. Um, do you have a clean example that maybe our viewers that aren't familiar with ticks, um, Canadian futures trader, if you could just explain ticks and a few of the other things that we talked about. Sure. So a tick, uh, probably the easiest way to think of a tick is okay. Um, see, <laughs> see I was, I was now that I started, I'm like, oh, thing. wait a sec. Yeah. 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 Cause, <laughs> cause I was thinking the same thing. I was like, you know, I know what it is. We trade these things every day, but to actually explain it right off the bat, I was having trouble. Yeah. I, I think I have a good example. So, or a good way of explaining it. So in the futures market, not every product trades in the same incremental values. Actually, they're pretty much almost most products trade in different incremental values. So comparing that to like a stock, you know, we think of US dollars, right? Or dollars, you know, like they trade one cent, you know, one cent, two cent, three cent. Well, in futures market, each, each movement in the price um, each one movement in the price is what you would refer to as a tick. So a tick isn't necessarily dollar value. Be the, the dollar value is relative to the product and um, getting into you know, the different products and what those are. Uh, but it can range from, you know, uh, a 50 cent tick on a micro to a, you know, a $31 tick in the ultra bond like I trade. So uh, a tick is just a nice way of saying like the, the incremental movement in the price up or down uh in the in the product um i forget what other terms i threw around i mentioned the ultra bond if you're not familiar with that so i trade the u.s treasury futures market so contracts um on the future price of of uh, the treasuries uh you know most people think of a bond as you know like a savings bond or something like that so i trade the ultra bond which is kind of a hybrid 30 year bond um i don't want to really confuse people on what that is but um it's it's a 30-year bond that's further out um and i forget if i used any other kind of wacky futures terminology or not um i know I you get used to the stuff and you just throw it around and you don't even think yeah. twice about it and then you realize people think you're speaking like you're an alien or something so yeah for sure yeah there's there's definitely a a, a few terminology things that uh, i take for granted especially when we're talking in the community with things um I will say, like, so to give an example, if you take the S&P 500, something a lot of uh, stock investors are um, familiar with, will say a tick in ES is 25 cents. Um, or if you're trading a micro, it, the tick is the same size, 25 cents. But the smaller contracts, 
uh, is a dollar twenty-five per tick. So if it moves twenty-five cents, it actually equals a dollar twenty-five in the micro contract. In the mini contract, twenty-five cents is twelve dollars and fifty cents per tick. So one point is equal in the S&P 500 uh, minis is uh, four ticks equal one point and one point is one dollar so if it moves one dollar that's um, fifty dollars in the ES so that's just a little bit of background of of what we're talking about as far as like the moves go um, and on the micros uh, it's a tenth of the size so it's five dollars per point um, so yeah just throwing that out there um, to get that uh, in people's minds so they know what we're talking about there um, I guess moving on to uh, I think the last time we were on your show you had said uh, the reason that you started the show is there wasn't a lot of information on funding opportunities or futures markets in general and that uh, you know you were one of the first people pretty much on the scene uh, it, to start actually making videos and uh, it, you're at 4k subscribers now so congratulations well, on that thank you just crossed i think like today literally yeah. so yeah <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a it's a big number and uh, you've definitely earned it you've put work in and, and you've been a big help to the community getting the information out there and then also um getting into the I guess we can get into the funded companies a little bit. Um, with all these uh, funding companies out there, uh, does that change your opinion of the space uh, for people to jump in? I know last time we had you on here, uh, you said it was a good way to test out the, the futures markets with little risk and to see if you like it. Now, I guess the, the question here is with some of these sketchier companies, uh, that's in the space. Does that change your opinion if someone comes into the space and that maybe they get scammed by one of these little sketchy companies that's uh, trying to offer, or they're, they, it looks like they're offering opportunity, but really they're just scamming? And how does that, how, how do you think about that, I guess? Yeah, no, so you're right. I mean, back when we talked like a year and a half ago, like they was I only could like probably rather. Yeah, I was going to say, like, there's on one hand, I could I could name the companies and then um, this last year and it's only accelerating. Um, I seriously get e I get about three, eh, three to five emails a week from new companies, ones I've never heard of um, to say, hey, you know, unfortunately, along with being and thank you for the compliments about the YouTube channel and stuff. But um, along yeah, with sure. that now, unfortunately, comes a little like now I have everybody in my ear like, hey, review us, review us. And uh, I just look at some of them and I'm like, no, no, thank you. Um, the, uh, yeah, so it, it does change my opinion a little bit. I, I, it's hard to vet all these new companies. I don't think they're all legitimate, but it, and sometimes it's hard to say who's legit and who's not. Uh, I don't wanna like throw any like particular names under the bus, like good or bad either way really. But um, like I, dug into i made a video about it and then i took the video down this was i don't know a month ago or so about one that i definitely think is a scam um i took it down only because and i won't go too far into it just because like i felt like okay like yeah i'm like you know going after this one company but the problem is i would have to do that after 20 other companies and i don't want my channel to be that i don't want it to be me now like policing the trading space and telling people well, you can't go here, but you should go here. You know what? Unfortunately, that's you know not my position. 
and I try to keep my channel more positive stuff and educational. So um, just as a quick aside, and I'll get back to the futures evaluation companies, but yeah, like that's really um, the, the place that I've tried to take in the space, not to use lots of rhyming words, but uh, it's just put out good free content because I had to learn, that's where the CFT Canadian futures trader started. And that's where it still is now. Like I just wanted to put out good information for people because it was really hard for me to suss through all the bad information. So now I just provide it and I enjoy doing it. But uh, to answer your question about all these new companies and like what I think, um, I don't think it's great. It honestly slightly concerns me. I feel like I, and I can only speculate, but what's going to happen is like, it's only going to continue to grow. There'll be more and more companies come. People are going to get scammed. They're going to get burned. Uh, it's going to put a bad like look on the funded trader program industry as a whole. And I mean, not to be a complete, like, you know, too worrisome or anything, but there is seriously a part of me that wonders, like, are they going to bring enough negative attention to the industry that it creates a problem for the good company? Like, and problem, I mean, you know, the SEC, you know, and I'm talking like this is way down the road, but some type of regulatory body comes in and says, hey, you know what? Yeah, like now there's all these scammer companies, like we're putting the crackdown on this industry. I don't see that happening like this year or anything. And it might not even necessarily be a bad thing if that did happen. But I'm, I am slightly concerned that like enough people are going to get screwed by all these new companies that it doesn't, it just, yeah, it's a bad thing. And then, um, and that's part of why um, I don't know how much like as far as myself, like I really won't engage with all these new companies uh, because yeah, I can, I'll vouch for the ones that I've been through and I, you know, they, I passed and they pay out and all that stuff. So whenever anybody comes to me and they say, Hey, have you heard of, you know, XYZ trader.com? Uh, I'll say, yeah, like I've heard of it, but I'm not going to review it. Like I have no interest in it and I'm not just going to like put them on my website because they're a company. So I do my best to like, um, on purpose, when people ask me, I'll say, you know what, I endorse the ones on my website, nothing else. Like you're on your own for those other companies, uh, does slightly worry me. And especially because yeah, they are really, I mean, and these new companies are just competitive in every which way on, on pricing, on their terms, like as far as like how easy it is to pass, you know, what size accounts you're allowed to trade. Um, you know, just they find any which way they can to like make them slightly more appealing than the last company. And unfortunately, I see a lot of times people like the new traders, you know, they don't necessarily know any better. So they just go for the best deal. They say, oh, this company is the cheapest. And, um, you know, they have great reviews on their site. Um, <laughs> and it's just like, no, you know, time, I just want to scream like time out. No, don't, don't do that. Um, but I can't like, you know, I can't help everyone. So, uh, yeah, to circle back and give you the short version now after the long rambling version. Yeah, I think it's, I'm a little more just like, I just have a bad feeling. I have a bad feeling that this is not going to end like great for everybody involved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've been putting a little bit of thought into this too. And, you know, one of the things is there's nothing really proprietary about any of these companies. And like you said, they, there, there is a lot of competition in one aspect. The only good thing I really see out of it is it's making it more for the trader. So if you are a pretty decent trader and you can you know, day trade futures and you may maybe have a strategy, there's there's companies out there that they're competing and, and the risk parameters and what you have to do to qualify 
and all these things are getting better for the trader but at the same time if they're just marketing it in one way and then you get in there and you actually get scammed because i mean really what there's only really four or five companies that i think we know that are trusted companies right i mean yeah i agree yep. and so the rest of them look like they're just trying to scam i mean honestly scam you and, and even the even out of the, some of the legit ones when i was watching your stream the other night there's like three of them that look exactly the same mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so yep. even that's a little you know starts to starts to look a little bad as far as um, a marketing perspective and it just shows you how easy it is to anyone could start one of these these companies but i mean not to talk bad about the space but it is something I think everyone should keep in mind uh, with this space, but it is a really great opportunity. I still think that, and I'm sure you do too, that this is this is one of the best opportunities for actually making money online. You know, you see a lot of stuff for making money online and it's scam stuff, selling dreams, that kind of stuff. This really is a legit way to make money online and. You you know when we talked before I I had just been get you know just getting started in it but we've both been able to make withdrawals we've both mm-hmm. uh, been able to make money now um, I, I know for a fact that you've made some pretty hefty withdrawals um, uh, so, you know follow, following your content so so you've been really successful in the space and I do you know I always tell people uh, check out your site because you are a trusted source. And, and, you know, one of the OGs in this space as far as um, thoroughly going through the companies that's on your website. So I really do trust uh, the website. I tell everybody else that, you know, if it's not on there, then it must not be worth, you know, worth even looking at because you put a lot of time into this. Uh, you know, we both have as far as that goes. And you've really uh, done your homework so other people don't have to. Now, I'm not saying don't do your homework. Obviously, everyone needs to do their homework on any opportunity that presents itself. But these companies do pay, um, and it's a great opportunity, in my opinion. And if, you know, it's it's a lot of work. And, you know, I, I would say I put more time in it. I could have probably got a side job that would have been easier, and I would have <laughs> made, made the money um faster but it's something that you're looking to pay off over the long term uh and and once you get a strategy at least i feel this way once you get a strategy that works and you're confident in it and you've kind of went through the mental blocks uh that you kind of go through in this uh, fear missing out and and just uh trying to you know double down on losers and you know some of the things we talked about before once you get the psychological aspect out of the way and you develop a strategy and you put the time in, I feel like it is a, a good way to make some extra money. I'm not saying that you're going to get, you know, filthy rich off of it, but, you know, from what else can you do to have this kind of opportunity to set with your laptop at home and, and make some money? I Yeah, I mean, you said 20 different great things in there. First of all, congrats as well on withdrawing. I know you haven't. Um, no, that's amazing. The uh, Yeah, I like to think... You know, I try to, I like to think I, I'm a good poster child for the reasons people should try out. Like you can be successful, you can do withdrawals. And when I put that stuff out there, like I always, there's a part of me that feels like, 
you know, with comes with any industry that involves money. There's always like the 20 million guys who like want to show off and like brag and all that. And like, I, I hope, and I, I think I do a good job of this, but I don't try to come off that way. I'm trying to more just say, Hey, look, no, you can do this. Like I did it. I'm not showing off. I'm just showing you it is possible to actually pass these companies. Yes, they do pay out. Yes, you can pass, but you're like what you said, it is hard work, you know, and that's another, like, unfortunately, another thing where I see people come in and they think, they're just going to like come in and put these companies out of business or something because they're so good. And I'm like, you're about to learn a real hard lesson in life. Um, the, um, <laughs> because it just isn't, it's like anything like I'm, you know, old school. I'm like, you, you have to work hard at anything you want. There's no free ride. Like you can't just jump in the futures market and be a millionaire. You need to put in the hard work. So, but if you're willing to do that and you're willing to like put it, I mean, you know, we throw in this, phrase like put in hard work but you know what does that mean but it means like actually figuring out a strategy and figuring out yeah what products do you want to trade and being smart and figuring out what you're doing wrong and you know fixing it like and i feel like that's all the things that i've tried to like go over and demonstrate and all that stuff in my videos and whatever um so that's the hard work you know but if you do all that there comes a day where you turn a corner and things start to go in your in your favor and uh, it really pays off so um yeah and i mean the original kind of question or why we start talking about this but yeah the funding companies are still a good opportunity you just have to be a little bit wise about who you decide to you know partner with um it's not always the smartest for people to jump in with the latest, greatest new company. That's what I tell people when they, they email me or whatever. They're like, hey, this new company is uh, whatever. It's $60 versus, you know, another company that you talk about that's $80. Like, why wouldn't I spend $60? i am like, so you're going to make a decision over $20 about, like, what company you want to partner with when one has, like, zero reputation and another I can vouch for. Like, okay, well, that's your prerogative. But, um, you know, I, you know, it's... I don't know. Um, I do the best I can to help people, but sometimes you can't help the helpless. It's just like, ah. Do you, so I, I, I roughly know how the funded companies work. So they, they charge a subscription fee or whatever, and then they take 20% of the profits, right? Um, Correct. And then, yeah. so wh where are they making most of their money? Is it from the 20% or is it from the sort of subscription fee? It's, well, I mean, honestly, that's a good question. That is a bit of a black box. Like there isn't, because these are all private companies, there's no real transparency into, um, you know, how much they're making on either side. Uh, I would say, so most people would say they're making, so let me put it this way. The haters of this industry will say they're making all their money from subscriptions. Uh, you know, they get people stuck on like a, you know, a hamster wheel type of thing and they never pass. Um, but that's where I then come in and say, no, you can pass and you can't get paid. Um, I would suspect, here's what I would suspect. There there probably isn't, there's probably a fairly small percentage of people who pass and keep their accounts long-term and just are successful just out of, you know, whatever. Um, but the people that are passing and are successful, they're making a decent, I know they're making a decent income off of me. So, and, and my 20% or 10%, well, you know, depending on the company. So um, hard to say, but I would say it's, I don't know, somewhere in the middle. Yeah, honestly, it's hard for me to say, but. Yeah, uh, and it probably depends by company too. Cause I bet a lot of the, the four or five that you guys were mentioning, those probably make more money off of the profits cause they're, running more legit operations where they are getting the right people in place while other ones are probably just trying to make some money quick off subscriptions i think um, that's very true yeah i think you nailed it honestly with that yeah and 
And, you know, I think probably Canadian Futures Trader and I are probably biased um, in that aspect. Uh, you know, we're fortunate enough to have went through the companies and, um, and, and passed, and I've made two withdrawals now. Uh, and Canadian Futures Traders made many, many withdrawals. Um, so, you know, I, definitely someone that maybe has had a worse experience is probably going to be more on the it's a subscription-based thing. And it kind of goes back to, you know, like pyramid schemes, you know, where is the pyramid scheme making more off of recruiting or actually selling the product? You know, it kind of it's one of those questions, uh, really. Um and I can really see in this space, not pyramid schemes, and I don't think that this is, um, or we wouldn't even be having this conversation, but um, it, it really is one of those type of questions, and it's it's somewhere on the line. Um, but I do think the reason most people fail in this industry, not the pyramid industry, you know, not the pyramid scheme. Um, uh, you know that kind of game is it's mostly because people don't put the work in or they're very emotional and do things that are not I mean people do that in the regular stock market they gamble uh, they double down they do all these crazy things that if you just sit back and look at it it's like okay well you shouldn't do that that's not the way you become successful so I really do think in this industry specifically it's um, it's mostly because either people are new and they think that it's not going to be that hard, so they you know they do dumb shit, <laughs> or they just haven't put the work in and they're basically just gambling. And they they probably do make a lot of money off of subscriptions. The one thing, um, and I guess we can talk about this uh, next, um, as far as like. Um, well, I don't necessarily want to name drop. I, I mean, I don't care to. Um, yeah, fuck it. Um, my, <laughs> my Fire favorite, away. Fire uh, my favorite company is You Profit, and I, I know that you have a different one, and we'll just we'll just kind of have a little conversation about it. Um, my my favorite is You Profit. That's who I got funded with. That's who I've had both of my withdrawals through. Um, the reason for is after you get funded, there's no monthly subscription, and there's no you know, data fees or nothing like that. Um, and it really does feel like you're actually a part of, I mean, you're a part of a prop firm, you know, and, and you're able to make withdrawals um, at any time. Uh, now, there is some advantages to holding out longer. So, for example, I've had my account uh, since December the 5th, and um, I, I, after you pass, and I think you pay the activation fee or whatever they really call it, uh, then you're good, and you just trade. You trade the account, and um, after you traded 41 41 days, you can make withdrawals, and you get your 80 percent of your profit. And then, um, like for example, uh, I made a withdrawal. Uh, both my withdrawals were actually uh, last month, um, and so I, I made my first withdrawal, and uh, that was my profits from December. And then I had a really good week, like a really good week. Um, and, you know, just by chance or whatever, and I was able to make a withdrawal, got to keep 80% once again, um, and so it was, you know, it wasn't binding, and it wasn't feeling like someone was, you know, promising one thing and delivering another. The company done everything that they said that they were going to do, 
Um, and yeah, I mean, their, their parameters are a little tighter than some of the other companies. Um, so I guess that's, that's, um, probably one of the ways that they can do it that way is cause they have a, they have a amount that you can lose within the day and then amount that you can lose uh, total. So their parameters are a lot tighter. So I guess that's one way they're able to do that. Um, but that's the reason I like them. Um, uh, what What is your favorite, even though I know it, but what, what is your favorite company and some of the reasons why? Sure. So I, before I, I name it, I'll just, um, you. I mean, you profit's a fantastic outfit. You're 100% right. Um, I've talked to Lindsay, the CEO, the founder there several times. Um, and yeah, the reasons you listed are 100% like great reasons for you profit. You know, the withdrawals kind of on demand. Um, one thing you didn't mention, which I think is great, is they have um, like several methods of withdrawal. So like I do my withdrawals in crypto, which no no one else offers. Oh. I think some of the others are going to start to do that. But um, yeah, like they're just, yeah. yeah, and you're right. You don't pay the ongoing fee, et cetera. So no, you profit's a great outfit. Yeah, and to um, add to that real quick um, is this is, I don't know why I thought this was funny, but it, it, it was, they zelled me my money. Yeah. Yeah, and and uh, that's that, that's one of the the companies that you can link with your bank account, and there's no uh-huh. fees. Like they didn't fee me to withdraw the money that I made or anything like that. I didn't feel like I was being feed every time I turned around with them, uh, and so yeah, to your to your point there. And plus, you know, if you pass one account, you can I think with you profit, you can have two under one login, right? You've got it exactly, and that's yeah. so yeah, so. Um, before I name my favorite company. And so I always preface it though for people. It's like, okay, I have a company that I maybe like most over others, but really like people will give me that question. Like, what's the best company? And I'm like, it depends. It depends on like, what's important to you. Like, is like, yeah, is like instant withdrawals important? Then you profit is for you. But if it's trading bigger accounts, then it's someone else. Um, so yeah. So right. Because uh, so sorry to interrupt again, just to, uh, cause you're hitting some points. I just want to talk about for a second. So, uh, for me, I done the, uh, I have the 50 K account, um, with you profit. And I think they only go up to like 150 or maybe a hundred. Uh, I think a hundred last I checked, it was a hundred. Um, yeah. A hundred. Yeah. So, so they, so yeah. they, they have a smaller account. And then I think the largest, uh, is like 300, right. With a different, with the company you're probably going to mention. Yeah, exactly. And that's so that's one, I don't want to say downside with you profit, but I mean, that is one factor. I like to trade big size. So yeah, I look and I always if people watch my old trading videos with different firms and going through the evaluations, I almost always sign up for like the biggest account there is. So like, I mean, yeah, not to name drop each, but like, yeah, you profits like 100 or in trade, I think the top is 150. Apex trader funding. CFD is number one trading firm. Um, 300K is the biggest one, and I can trade up to 35 contracts. So, um, that, that's, but... that, listen, that is crazy amount. <laughs> and, and I know you've been like... paid, I know you that you've been paid. And, um, just because the way that the, the thing, I'm not going to give away anything, but, uh, just because the way their thing structured, I, I know at least amount of money that you withdrawed, and it was a hunk of change. So, uh, way to go there um but yeah so that's a, that's a lot of opportunity we'll say yeah and so like with i don't I forget the exact <laughs> saying with that much 
power comes responsibility or whatever the hell the saying is but right um, yeah it's not like i'm flying out on 35 contracts on the ultra bond and, and screaming right. yolo you know i'm like i don't deploy that many contracts but i like having them available like maybe i scale into a position you know and i if it's going my way i have more to add on um yeah i mean not i'm not gonna say like apex is number one for everybody because yeah there are like withdrawal um tiers like the first few months you're kind of capped etc um, I do have one question on that. Yeah. So, okay, you pass, say you pass the 300K, okay, and okay. then you have to hit a threshold before you can withdraw, and then yes. any profit above that threshold you can withdraw. Do you yes. ever get to withdraw the profit within the threshold? You do, like, if you eventually, like, close your account and or it got shut down because you broke a rule, um, it would then come into play. But now nah, it kind of is like a... A minimum balance if you will until you one day maybe close the account so it is your money but you're not going to be able to withdraw until you close your account and uh my set uh, my, um uh on to that question what do you know what the profit split is uh on that because i couldn't find this on the website and it might be there and i might be an idiot and i know a lot of people ask you questions that's on the website but i actually looked <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> the, um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Once in a while, I go on a tirade when I'm like, "You could just Google this and look it up." And, um, listen, I'm no. trying. I was like, "Listen, I know he's going to beat me in the head if I don't go and look." No, myself. that's the fair I looked, question. I searched, I sifted, I couldn't find anything. <laughs> um, I will say with an asterisk that the profit split on that would still be the ninety percent. But you'd, so you'd so like I just said, you'd be closing your account, but you'd still be entitled to the ninety percent of that. I put the asterisk on it only because it's probably in, and you're right, it's probably not on the website. But all that type of like stuff is like in the contract you sign, right? And I I don't remember what it said, but I don't like I didn't see anything weird. So most likely it's just the normal ninety, you know, ninety percent to you type of split when you close right. your account. So yeah, and I will say. Um... I don't mean to keep cutting you off, but if I don't, yeah. we're hitting on these points, and I just figure we'll go through it as we go. Um, I will say that you know, for um, for me, I, I want to do a smaller account. Just uh, it was cheap, you know, cheaper to get started. And uh, now that I've been able to make some withdrawals, um, you know, I, I feel confident in my strategy, and I, I think you know, I'm starting to get the ball going here. Um, made all my money back from subscriptions plus some, you know, so I feel good. Um, I feel good about the, the opportunity in the space now. Um, but I, that was one of the things that I kind of like about you profit as well is, um, both of my withdrawals were within, uh, they call it a safety net, um, mm -hmm. yep. of that threshold. And I still got 80% after I traded 40, you know, 41 days. Um, and I just I I kind of think for like uh, newer people uh, starting in, you probably need to go with a smaller account because the amount that you're able to risk, and I, you know, I'm I'm curious on your opinion of this as well. Um, mm -hmm. The amount that you're able to risk versus the target profit is closer together versus the, with the bigger account. So if you um, I think with uh, 50k you can risk two thousand dollars overall, and then you have to hit twenty five hundred dollars. Well, the amount, and I know the others for margin and you know that kind of stuff, but the actual amount that you have to risk, you basically have to do a little bit more than double it. 
to to pass one of these accounts and then with the bigger accounts you have to do even you know even more than that um so you know my my thoughts are is like well if you start with a smaller account you don't have to make as much money plus it's cheaper and and for people that's just getting into the space you know maybe that'd be a little easier and and also the size of it even if the first account is not real money you know for the challenge and the subscription uh, part of it it's still seeing very big numbers and I, I feel like it's really hard for people to put on a lot of size uh, in the bigger accounts even if it's just the same percentages as far as the amount that you have to risk you know risking five dollars to to make five dollars uh, seems easier than risking five hundred dollars to make five hundred dollars to most people uh, or at least it was for me and and I'm curious your thoughts on that and also, well also to add to that real quick is that with you profit you're able to withdraw the immediate amount of money versus have to kind of pass the challenge twice with like Lilu and Apex. Um yeah, no, so I think everything you said is 100% true. It's um like I even remember for myself like back you know as I scaled like I started in a 50k account like way back, you know, whenever it was a couple years ago now. And I remember the first time I traded a 300k account. Yeah, it like even though it's just sim and it's just whatever, and it's not like there's any real repercussions from it, but it's like daunting, like trading that many contracts. It's like whoa, these are big jumps. Um, and I still like I you kind of get a little bit. I was gonna use the word jaded, but that puts a negative connotation on it. You just get used to it. Like yeah, you're right. You size up over time i think for new traders though it's appropriate to start with the small size because then you're not being impacted by the dollars as much you just can focus more on the trades and yeah it's uh you know trade a one lot trade a two lot and it's a little bit more tolerable seeing those numbers like i i made a video uh today this morning it was just this morning i was trading a five lot in the ultra bond and like every tick we talked about ticks earlier every one movement in price um when you're trading five lots in the ultra bond, it's like to re round it off is 150 bucks. So like if that thing spikes three ticks, it's like 450 bucks. Like some people that'd be like, well, heart, like heart stopper, like, holy crap, right, what the exactly. hell? Um, but you just get used, like for me, it's just like, I just trade five lots. Like that's just what I do because like, I know there's going to be winners on the winner side as well. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like if I was to put on a 30 lot trade in the ultra bond, I'd probably be the one going, Oh my God, like what the hell <laughs> stop. Um, right. So yeah, no, exactly. to your point. Yeah. I think it's better for people to start small. You know, we got time on our sides. Come on. We're all young. We're going to live forever. Um, trade one or two <laughs> lots and just get better at trading and then size up over time. Yeah, for sure. And, um, shoot uh i feel like we're hitting on a lot of stuff um you let me know if you have to leave i, I still have a few, oh, no. a few a few good questions i don't want to i don't want to keep nowhere you. to go unfortunately okay, cool. from a trader i have no life so <laughs> <laughs> right exactly yeah and and you know to what we were saying before is you know this is a big opportunity but it is a lot of work and yeah. you know anything that you know if it was easy everyone would be doing it you know kind of one of those things and and with the opportunity, you know, there's a lot of work. It's not one of these, you know, easy, you know, easy things just to make a ton of money. But I mean, you know, as you know, we've we've had this conversation. I think people can really see that hey, it is possible. And and that was one of the things with like seeing Douglas and seeing you and um, a couple other people in the community uh, that have actually made money and made withdrawals. 
and actually have the conversation with you. Um, you know, f- fortunately, I've been uh, able enough to uh, you know find you guys very early on, and and you know mm. before you got you know big stars now. But um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, I mean, I mean, there's I mean, there's a lot of people that that you know look up to you and 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 you know try to talk to you a lot, and you've been very gracious with your time. But you know, for me personally, it was be able to have these hour-long conversations about this stuff when I was first starting off in this space that actually let me to to actually believe it's possible. Like, I know somebody, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I know somebody that's doing this. Uh, and if they can do it, then it's, it, it, you know, I'm very of the mindset of, like, if this person can do it, then, then I can do it. You know, you know, like if it's possible, I just need to know it's possible. Basically, if I know it's possible, then I, I know that I'm willing to put the work in, uh, to get to that point. Um, but it is, I, I think, you know, what, uh, and you know, the mighty ox too, what you guys are doing is providing people a very real, um, way to follow, you know, follow you guys' journeys and see that, okay, it, it's not the easiest thing in the world. Um, but it's possible and you know he got funded recently um mm-hmm. you know and then and then you know you and um Douglas y'all y'all been funded y'all been paid um I, i'm just now getting into the compu- uh, community a little more i kind of took a um you know a, a a break from the community just kind of focusing on things myself um but it, it's it's really hard to do what you guys are doing because not only are are like say in the early days, just like I see uh, Mighty Ox doing this, is, you know, he is working on two things at the same time. Like, he's mm-hmm. trying to work on his trading and get it to where he can make his, like, first withdrawals. But he's also, like, doing it in front of people and then mm-hmm. also, like, trying to concentrate on marketing and, like, doing his branded thing and yeah. and being a part of the community. And that's very hard to do, too. Like, like like you were you know when i came back into the community uh on the discord you know i was like a level one or something and people were like you know you guys were you know joking on and stuff you're like well, who is this guy why is everyone going crazy that he finally you know came by and i'm I'm not saying i'm nothing special or anything like that but but it's just I'm, I'm making the point of like you guys are really showcasing what you're doing along the way as well as taking on one of the hardest things to do in the world you know that's very hard and and um you know everyone uh especially me appreciates uh what you guys are doing um but you know being very early on in the space you know i think i think uh douglas and you and myself were all really early in the space i mean i'm sure there's other people taking the challenges before we were uh, but as far as like being engaged in the community, we were we were pretty you know pretty early, um, you know to the space. But I, I do think it's so important that we have these conversations and that uh, you guys are putting out the content that you're putting out because it it shows people the real side of this and that hey it's possible. And for a lot of people, including myself, that's all that's all we really needed was to know that it was possible. Nice. Uh... I yeah I I appreciate that uh, I have a few things to say the um yeah it, the the whole Canadian futures trader thing quite literally just started out from it's not like I had some master plan to start up this whole Canadian futures trader persona like I really just was a guy who was doing the evaluations and wanted to show 
like, hey, this is possible, or track even to take a step back, like, I really just wanted to be accountable myself, kind of the same way that Mighty Ox is doing right now. Um, so I want to be accountable, and then it just kind of grew from there because people were asking me questions. I'm like, okay, well, I know the answer to that. Um, I mean, it kind of lended itself well to me just because I come from like a consulting background and whatnot. So I like explaining stuff to people and helping them and kind of walking them through stuff. And I, I think that comes through in some of what I do. Um, so I'm kind of a natural at it. But uh, just to, if I can take like a minute to veer off, yeah, Mighty Ox um, is a great guy who's. I, you're right like we're doing kind of the same things but he's yeah you're right he's out there streaming you know like five days a week or whatever it is he's trained multiple products and he very much has like that same kind of i feel like we're cut from the same cloth and that he really genuinely wants to help people and explain what he's doing and he's doing it live while he's trading on youtube and um you know he's helping out people and whatnot so he's a good one criticism i get if you will i get lots of criticism but one that i actually take to heart is that people are like oh you should you should live stream more and man it is hard work it is hard work to trade it's hard enough work just to trade and then to try and like entertain an audience and like answer their questions and all of that stuff is like i quite literally like live streamed the other night for the first time in seven months i've done two live stream one in september and one the other night and i was like man this is like this is honestly hard work and i even told ox i'm like i don't know how how you do this so um, my hat's off to him and yeah he's kind of at a point where like you mentioned like he passed the trader career path with earn the trade to throw out another company who is great and um you know we cannot talk about their stuff but um um he's kind of focused on earn the trade and then he's also doing an apex evaluation and um yeah he recently passed the trader career path he's also doing a gauntlet mini with earn the trade and he's streaming all this at the same time so you're getting to kind of like ride the highs and lows with him like and it's been a journey um, but I think he's seeing kind of some of the stuff that you mentioned, like, you know, the hard work pays off and, and not just like both on the trading front and on his, you know, brand and his, you know, the Mighty Ox trading and helping people. So um, it's been fun watching um, someone else kind of who I feel is like cut from the same cloth, really get out there and do it and be a useful um, person or persona in the community, because there is so many people that are just like out to, um, you know, sell a course and make a quick buck or people who don't know what they're doing and they're trying to act like they do, but then they're leading people astray in doing so. Um, so that's kind <clears throat> oh, of I'm what sorry. I'm trying to go against. <laughs> no, you're fine. I'll, I'll stop rambling. But uh... no, 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 no. Did you hear what I said? <laughs> no, I missed it. Oh, I, I was coughing and saying, Matt. <laughs> uh, a little. Uh, <laughs> no, no comment. <laughs> 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 people should follow mighty ox on youtube and not someone else who trades for a different company <laughs> right yeah i, I just I, I mean i'm i'm not i'm not gonna say any more on that front but i had to throw that out there you know we kind of had mm -hmm. some conversations about that um i mean that guy's i mean just to throw some shade and for fun entertainment <laughs> um, yeah who who john is referencing i mean i don't want to say his name but i mean you can say if you want like in full but um just a someone who actually I have a fun story about person the um of their streamer and they have a pretty big following actually i'll throw out a few 
shady points. One, if you look up their stats on Social Blade for their YouTube channel, there's very obvious spikes in like subscribers, like far beyond what is normal. So someone bought their subscribers is what I'm right. getting at bluntly. And um, two, I mean, they're just a progressive loser. Like they just lose, they don't trade with stops, they don't do a lot of stuff. Um, when I first got into trading, that person was featured on a podcast I, and it wasn't yours. And I don't remember, honestly, I don't remember what podcast it was. But the interview was so bad. I remember even as a new trader, I was like, I don't think this guy knows what he's talking about. And that episode actually got pulled. Like they they took it down. So it was like that bad. So oh, um, anyways, I'll stop talking. I said earlier positivity, all that stuff, but once in a while it gets the best <laughs> yeah. of me. You know, I just wanna, you know, bag on somebody. <laughs> well, and it's also important. I mean, we're not doing it just to beat up on somebody. We're doing it, I mean I'm going to justify this is we're doing it in the care of the space. You know, we kind of got to defend uh, the space and keep it clean and, and make sure bad actors don't come in, you know, and people are aware of this stuff. And, uh, yeah, you were, I think on, on the discord, you were talking about the, the subscriber spikes and stuff. And, yes, you know, so. yeah, it's throughout the whole entire, you know, as far as stock trading, options, trading, penny stocks. I mean, it's all, all the way through the industry as far as, you know the bad actors and mm, unfortunately yeah. it'll probably continue to move into our space um as as time goes on but you know that's what that's what you guys are making the good fight for um i, I finally found uh this uh, uh this email that i got from uh you profit to uh you know fat baby was talking about you know maybe some of the companies do they make it off the 20 percent, or did they make it off of um uh, the subscriptions mm -hmm. Uh, I will say you profits uh, top ten withdrawals for this last month uh, was nine thousand eighty five hundred eighty one hundred seventy five hundred seven uh, uh, seven thousand six thousand fifty three hundred fifty two hundred thirty five hundred and thirty five hundred was the top ten withdrawals at you profit this nice. month. So yeah, so they they obviously have profitable traders. I'm sure you were one of those, and <laughs> in the top ten. And uh, no, the um, I mean, you may well have been the um, the. Uh, but yeah, no, they're you know these companies have profitable traders, and they're looking. And like I said, like so I mentioned, like I've talked with Lindsay before from You Profit, but I've talked with like the owner slash you know CEO whatever of most of the companies like that I recommend, and um, and some quite a bit, and like they've. Like there's a reason why I stick with the ones I stick with. Like they legitimately are looking to grow with their traders and make their product better in any way they can, and um, are looking for successful relationships. So, yeah, for sure. And that that's a. I mean, it was um, total is two hundred ten thousand uh, dollars last month in withdrawals. Uh, so that I mean, like I said, uh, uh, they they uh, they definitely pay out as well as uh, the four or five. Um, Four, five, or six. It's on your website. Um, moving into, like I said, stop me at any time. But uh, oh, <laughs> moving on to a few more questions. What would it take to do this for a living? Now I know a living is uh, many different things to many different people. Mm. Uh, but let's say a living is um, so the the median. I think it's the median or household average, and this this is a couple years old, so I'm sure it's changed. Is like fifty thousand, um, which is not a lot of money. Um, right. So let's say twenty five thousand for the husband, twenty five thousand for the wife on, on average. 
um, maybe we go up to thirty. Let's say um, oh. thirty thousand uh, is a living, you know, because there's a lot, there's a lot of people live, you know, a lot poorer than that. There's a lot of people that make a lot more money than that. But let's just say um, there's a lot. I mean, you know, statistics. Uh, there's a lot of people that live making thirty thousand a year. Um, so, you know, for what it's worth, let's say thirty or fifty k. You just to you know kind of go on the higher side. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and this is this is a now take into consideration. This is an industry that you don't have to have. Um, you don't have to have an education to be in. You don't have to have a certification to be in. You don't have to do any of those things. You do have to work very hard, um, but it's there's there's no real gatekeeper other than just your knowledge and your ability. Um, mm. So there's there's no like hurdles that you really have to go over, uh, you know, go over or through, other than just developing your skill. So, in your opinion, um, what what would it take for someone to do this for a living? Um, I would say, and, and, and uh, to add on to that, I just thought of, um, whether that's first starting at prop companies and taking the money out and putting it in another account that maybe is less restricted or, um, can you do it with just these prop companies or a combination of the both or just your thoughts in general on that? Sure. Um, I'll probably go on a meandering journey here as I figure it out myself. The, um, That's okay. So one thing I, I will throw out is when I first started, um, I always like I'd go on the forums and whatever. And one thing that I often saw was people would say, you know, it takes at least a year before you get profitable. And like everybody else, I thought that's bogus. Like I'm going to nail this in a month and be profitable and make a bunch of money. And then sure enough, um, like clockwork, it quite literally took me about a year to become profitable. Um, so, I mean, sadly, or maybe not sadly, I mean, that's just a, a realistic statistic. So, uh, and it just takes, I mean, part of that is just, you know, figuring it out, figuring out your strategy, like taking a few lumps, uh, learning the lessons, you know, improving all that type of stuff. So, um, and obviously there's no one answer for all, but we, we know that the, uh, you, so I would say at a minimum a year. So here's what I would say. If somebody came to me and was like, you know, I want to do this long-term, what, what road should I take or what should I do? Um, I would say, and let's say they did make a normal income, they work a job or whatever. And, uh, let's say take a year, go through, if you don't want to risk your own money and probably don't, uh, you know, try out with one of these companies and yeah, you're probably going to fail, like honestly, and, uh, you might have to reset and you might have to think through strategy and all that, but just work through the kinks. So spend a year, give yourself a year, like give yourself a year, but give it like an honest year, like actually try to get better. Don't just keep doing the same thing over and over. Like if you just keep doing it over and over and not trying to improve, you're, you're not going to get anywhere. So if you can spend a year, work hard at it again, that term, like work hard, but like, you know, focus on getting better and getting rid of the bad habits and actually listen to people who tell you good input um work on getting better and track your like i'll I'll throw in you know kind of bring it back to the beginning we talked about journaling like actually track your stats so you can look back and see are you actually improving do all that for a year and see where you're at at a year um and then kind of i guess from there like it could go a lot of different ways like if you're you might just be done with it. You might say, no, this is for me. But if you are still into it, but you're maybe not at the point where you're, you're making any money and or like say you are a year in and you 
you're just now passing one of these valuations and maybe you've been funded for a month or whatever. Okay, well, spend more time. Like, don't run and quit your day job. Um, I would think the next step would be, and I'm kind of ignoring like um, the prop firm versus brokerage. I'll bring back to that. But, um, you know, spend a year, like build up, a, like build up a buffer would be like 100%. Like don't, don't quit your current income without having some nice amount of buffer and whatever nice is to you is variable but uh, you know obviously a year's salary would be good but you can go through swings you will not it's not you can go through swings you will go through swings in trading where you have good months and you have bad months so um and some of those bad months might be like losing months not just like oh it's a bad month i only made so much money it's like no i lost a bunch of money um and i have no income so um Build up some buffer that you're tolerable with. Uh, I mean, to get to the frou-frou side, like you have to be very honest with yourself about what it means. Like I think sometimes people, and I think after a year you would figure this out, but people need to realize it's not like, it's not the dream that people sell. It, it is the hard work. It is sitting in front of a computer. It is, you know, just like working on yourself and working on your trades. It's not sitting on a beach and going on vacations and buying Lamborghinis. It's not that. So if you get over that mentality, um, you put in the hard work after a year, you're seeing results, build up a buffer, then I would say you're in some sort of position to consider doing this for a career. And you know, you can decide if you want to quit your job and all that stuff. Um, as far as trading like the prop firms versus the real for, for real firms, I mean, just having your own account is what I should say. Um, so, I mean, there's obviously pros and cons to both. I think there comes a point with the prop firms where people would lean more towards just putting money in their own account and trading it. And it's for the profit split, you know, plain and simple. I mean, for the most part is just, yeah, like it gets old maybe, you know, giving 20% of your profit to a company when you've built up enough buffer and enough margin to in your own account that you can just trade your own contracts. Um, obviously though, there's, there's big benefits to the, the prop firms. I mean, it is really a low cost investment and if you pass and then, you know, you're good and you can trade the 35 contracts and, you know, margin on 35 lots of the treasuries is, you know, a decent amount of money. So it's a lot nicer trading someone else's money. How much, um, uh, how much would that be uh profit or loss per tick on 35, 35 times 31? Uh, yeah, it's $31 and 25 cents. If you want to be exact, <laughs> that'd be a thousand, uh, almost 1100 a tick. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's a big swing to take when you're making 60 grand a year, 50 grand a year. <laughs> um, yeah. It shoots 10 ticks against you and you're down 10, 11 grand. Um, yeah, Ooh. no, I, I don't even, I don't have the stomach to trade. Almost throw up just thinking once. about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You make the wrong choice. You're going to pay for it. Um, it's going to hurt. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of it. I mean, yeah, as far as brokerage versus prop firms, I still have both. I have a, like, I have all these prop firms. It's funny, I, I swore I was going to, like, close down some of these accounts. I'm like, I won't need them. And maybe I don't, but I'm like, you know what? I enjoy trading them. And it does, there is a little, like, a little bit of, like, I'm trading with someone else's money. So if I really screwed it up, oh, well. <laughs> Whereas if right. money in my own account, if I really screwed it up, it's like, oh, well. Like, wow, I really screwed myself on that one. Um, right. 
But yeah, it, it does I mean, make it a lot. Of, it does make it easier in a lot of aspects, and mm. and take takes off uh, some of that pressure. So, since we've had you on the last time, um, has your trading uh, strategy changed any? Um, I don't think so. I'm trying to remember back. Like, no, I mean, I still trade in the ultra bond. Um, primarily, occasionally dabble in the ten years treasuries. Still, uh, order I stick flow, to the right? treasuries. Still, oh, 100 percent. Still order flow. Um. I actually um uh just of interest to anyone and not trying to like cheap plug me my way in here but i put together so i get yeah i do get a lot of, like you mentioned earlier like i get a lot of questions i get a lot of emails for people hey, and plug they just whatever want to you want to plug okay no and just um so back in december so so i get so many questions that i would answer every individual email but i realized like i'm kind of like wasting Copy a lot of time yeah, like um, I'm, I'm giving, you know, I'm kind of helping individual people where I'm like, let me just put this all together. So I put together like a free course and I stuck it on my site. And it's like a combination of like basics of futures trading for like newbies, um, not in a derogatory way, just we were all newbies at one point. It's, it's very much that info that I wish I had. Like everything I do is almost based on, I wish I had somebody to tell me this when I started. Um, but one of the kind of chapters, if you will, in that course or whatever, is my exact trade setup. So I'm like, there's only about, I don't know, six of things that I really look for. Rather than me trying to explain it one-on-one, -on -one, I'll just make videos and like, here, go. So when people ask me, like, how do you trade the treasuries? Go look at these videos. There you go. Like, it's fully explained. Like, I took the time. I found like two to three examples of each trade. Okay, here's what I'm looking at. Here's what I'm looking for it to do. Here's why I'm entering this trade. Here's what I think is going to happen. Blah, 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 blah. You know, all the stuff. Um, uh, I forget the question I even asked. But, um, the, um, oh, why, if I'm still trading the same. So, yes, um, I would say, if anything, I've kind of tightened things up. I've gotten a little bit better at it. And I'm trying to share the information in a nice way with people so they can pick up on it. And um, I do kind of like cringe a little bit, like occasionally I'll get an email from somebody like, I saw you trading the treasuries, like, and you're really good at it. So I went and bought Jigsaw Day Trader and I'm trading the treasuries now too. And I'm like, okay, like, are you doing it because you actually want to trade the treasuries or are you doing it because you think like you can trade like me and make a lot of money? And I'm not saying you can't trade like me. I just, I feel like a lot of people are just chasing that like dream. And I'm like, don't, don't jump in like the treasuries are not for everybody they are boring like this is not like <laughs> you're gonna be bored so um, yeah, and I, yeah i think you know finding your own path like you were saying you know yeah. uh, my my trading setup is way different than everybody else's um uh, so yeah i think finding you'll use an excel or what i remember you had the whole excel thing yeah and, and you know i was supposed to do a video for you on that and at the time oh, yeah, i was, I was, like, I, I was having uh trouble uh, with getting it, um, like the strategy was fine, but getting it to actually do what I was trying to get it to do. Um, and I, I swear I'm going to make it, whether you use it or not, I am going to make it. <laughs> um, but I didn't want to make something, um, and lead people down a path that it didn't work. Um, mm -hmm. and so when I kind of vanished there for a while, like I was talking about earlier, I really just spent a lot of time just figuring out how to code, like use Excel to code it and make it work. And nice. yes, um, the majority of the profits that I withdrew was from um, Excel that's doing awesome. all the trading. No, that's awesome. That's really awesome. That's great to hear. Yeah, so so it's one of those things like I, I'm very much of the of the way of like I don't want to speak about something unless um, 
I know that it works and, and you know, uh, actually tested it out and can speak more of a authority on it. Um, and, you know, I don't want to be leading people down a path that uh, I don't even know works or not. So, um, yes, I will, I will get that done. Um, uh, now, like I said, I had my withdrawals um, last month. Some, some of the withdrawal money, the second withdrawal, most of it was from uh, uh, me trading uh, myself. Um, oh. But the first withdrawal, 100% of it was from um, Excel doing everything. So uh, for people that don't know, uh, I pull in uh, data from RTrader Pro into Excel. You can link them and... Um, and you can manipulate the data in Excel, and then there's an order form that you can fill out based on the parameters that you've made in Excel, and it'll shoot them off the R Trader Pro, and it'll it'll fill the orders, and you can do it uh, many different ways. Uh, there's not a lot of information on that. Um, I definitely think that, for you know, for for me, um, I have a you know a day job that is uh, mainly consumes me uh, of the day. Uh, not all the times I do have times where I can, uh, you know, I can sit down at my at, at my desk and I can I can trade and have a lot of free time. But it's not always the case every day. So I, I and we were talking about before when you have your setup, you just need to take your setup and not really second guess. You just take every setup. So what's been interesting um, with my trading journey, just to give a little bit of background on it um, for anyone listening, is Excel has taken every single, um, uh, uh, I guess, signal, trading signal that has came up since December. Um, so it isn't like, you know, my strategy is like very black and white. If this, then this. No if, buts, no gray area. Uh, so there's no like variability as far as that goes and that and I, I I very much so lean into the journaling too for the statistics and for my position sizing is very mathematical based um, so and I would say that even though I'm not the one actually doing the trading it is still just as time consuming um, just my time is when the markets are n uh, not active or when the markets um, are closed most of my work is being done uh, for that to work, so it's not even a thing where you just kind of set it and 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 forget about it. And I have to set it up every day, so I have to go in, close everything out, and open it up fresh every day at the start of the day. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is automated to some extent, uh, and that's and that's been that's been nice. It's been a it's been a journey of itself. But um, you know, the reason I say that is it it, it sounds. I mean, it's crazy. Um, and there's no one else doing that that I could find. So I kind of had a, I made my own path in a, in a totally different, oh, excuse me, uh, totally different direction than, than most people. And, and I mean, even, um, you know, the way that you do order flow is different than the way other people do order flow. So you take a combination of all the things that you've learned and you, you carve your own path. Uh, and, and that's how you actually become successful because again, if, if it was that easy, everyone would do it. So if there's no secret way to do this, um, you just gotta you you got to learn from everything that you've seen, heard, and listened to, and and hopefully your sources are good, and you bring that all together in a way that 
that it makes sense to you in the way that you can um, trade efficiently and effectively. Um, so there's not that, you know, just, you know, the good thing about your course isn't for you to copy exactly like the Canadian futures trader. It's so you can understand what a pro trader is actually looking at and how he implements his strategy and more of the process than it is the actual strategy itself. Like I, I think the way that you think about it in the process of implementing your strategy and, and, and testing your strategy is way more important than your exact setup in my opinion. Uh, yeah, you said a lot of great things there. And it's funny, you already, you touched on something I was getting ready to say is that like, you know, you, you know, John Brell trade, like we both are in quotes, futures trader, but you trade a completely different product in a completely different way than I trade. And I use different tools, but we still are futures traders. Then it's like, yeah, each person needs to kind of figure out what works best for them. And that's, um, and that is very true. So many people just want to be kind of spoon fed, like do this, trade this product, use these indicators and you'll be successful. And it just doesn't work that way at all. So, um, and it's just far more rewarding to figure it out. Like, yeah, is it frustrating? Like going through the initial steps and, you know, losing trades and all this stuff. Sure. But, um, that's part of the learning process. And that's why you got to kind of love, I mean, you know, love the game, you know, so you have to get in there and kind of figure it out. And, uh, and don't, you know, learn from people, but don't necessarily try to copycat them. And uh, like you said, don't, you know, don't drop copy my ultra bond trading strategy. It's more just, yeah, figure out, take away from it what you will. Maybe some things appeal to you and some things don't. And same thing with you. Somebody might look at your Excel stuff and that really speaks to somebody or somebody else might say, no, I don't like that. And that's fine. So, um, yeah, it really is like an, an individual journey or it's, uh, I don't know how to say it, but uh yeah, like people really need to embrace it and want to kind of put their own spin on it, I guess, and just uh, be okay with uh, exploring and knowing that's going to take some time to figure out futures trading. But once you figure it out, like for me, I can only speak for myself, but once I kind of like, I started out on charts like everybody else. And I always was just like, eh, I don't know. This seems a little bit hocus pocus, you know, like some indicator supposed to tell me when to enter. Um, didn't speak to me. I know most people do trade with charts and indicators, and that's great if they wanted to do that. But once I got introduced to kind of the bonds and like order flow and depth of market, it just clicked. I was like, this like actually makes sense to me. And like, you just kind of know. So um, I encourage people to explore, try different things, um, listen to different people. Um, and yeah, just like uh, be a student of the futures market. Yeah, for sure. And, um, so I got a couple more, um, trading questions yeah. and then, um, uh, warm up fat baby. If you're still here, listen, we're going to talk <laughs> a little crypto for, for a minute. So, uh, <laughs> uh, going through these, um, I guess we can do like a little rapid fire before we get to that. So are you still using jigsaw? Yes. Is uh, that that's your primary go-to uh, platform, that's, correct? That's it, yeah. yeah. Okay, and uh, now this next question, I, I guess that was actually all the rapid fire. This next question, take as long as you want to. <laughs> I okay. thought I had one rapid than fire. <laughs> yeah, there's two rapid fire. Um, I, I actually thought I had more than that. I have uh, <laughs> tons right. and tons of notes here, and, and as we went through, uh, mentioned different uh, things. I've uh, I've wrote down answer, different yeah. stuff. Uh, 
Oh, no, actually, no, I have a Mighty Ox question, actually. Um, yeah, fire asked, away. Let's see what Ox came up with. Okay, he, he came up with, uh, what made you choose order flow rather than candles or technical analysis? So, I mean, I kind of touched on it just a few minutes ago. I did start out with, because all the education, when I first started, um, yeah, everything is like, um, like, learning indicators what's rsi what's a macd crossover what's whatever emas blah, the blah, same blah. old stuff that everyone same stuff yeah on. and so i went down those same roads and like was like okay you know this you know and of course everybody that makes a video about those things say it's rsi they're only going to show like successful stories they'd be like oh here when the rsi is below 20 you buy and it goes up oh and you make money oh wow right and the great. six other times um, that it didn't work yeah, I remember once I watched a video and like they had on whatever indicator and they were focused on one time, like one part in the chart where it's like, look at this, like it really worked out. But like blatantly on their screen was like two or three <laughs> other times where it didn't work. And I'm just looking at like, but like what about those? But I can't talk to them, unfortunately, through my TV. Um, right, you know, so yeah, so I, yeah, so I started off with all that, all the same stuff. Um, and yeah, it's like, okay, so yes, this worked this time, but it didn't work the next, but you can't just blindly follow like RSI is below. So you buy whatever, or MACD crosses over. So you buy yourself, blah, blah, blah. Um, somewhere, I wish I could really remember this somewhere. Somehow I stumbled on, um, just to throw cause there's not a lot of order flow trader content out there for sure. Nor is there next to none treasury content out there. Um, I stumbled on John Grady. Um, he he doesn't really put out any new videos, but his older content is exactly what I do now. He he trades the treasuries. He trades more like the ten years and the five years, um, but using Jigsaw and um, using order flow. And I really latched on to like his kind of not just what he was doing, like what he was doing made sense, but also his teaching style spoke to me a little bit more. Just very measured, very explanatory. And I was like, okay, this makes sense. And I really like this. So um, I dove down that road a little bit more. And kind of like what I said earlier, like it honestly just clicked. Like I could see, I'm like, okay, I get this. Because order flow is a lot of like, um, you know, looking at uh, buyers and sellers, supply and demand, you know, or, or buyers piling on sellers. And they're also looking at products relative to each other. So it's a very different um, approach than chart trading. Um, like somebody just today was literally asked me like so what time frame is your depth of market i'm like there's it's not a time like it's, it's instant <laughs> what you see is what is happening right now like there's no five minute or, or one hour depth of market yeah it's just a continuous order flow like the word the word is right in the description you know? it's like a so, river. yeah yeah it really is so and it is that ebb and flow and that's what i'm watching so to answer mighty ox's question i started out with all the church training stuff i was very i'm a very skeptical person by nature i think and it just didn't i was like this seems like too easy with what people are showing and then being able to blatantly see like it doesn't always work and then somehow luckily i would say stumbling on to like the order flow stuff and the treasury stuff um kind of lent itself and i will say just as an aside the order flow stuff works well with the treasuries like if you're an nq trader like i wouldn't go by jigsaw it's not going to lend itself well to order flow like tracking so Oh, um, there you go. That kind of answers Ox's question. Yeah, interesting. Um, now, um, Douglas on trading uh, does like this iceberg orders thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, have you looked into that? Map. Not at all. Um, 
uh, I shouldn't say not at all. Yeah, I really haven't at all. Um, yeah, I know yeah. he's a big bookmap user. Um, icebergs. I, see, the thing is, I can kind of see that in Jigsaw. I wouldn't say I latch onto it and really like make hard and fast decisions based on it. But it's if you get good at like um, order flow reading, uh, you'll spot the the icebergs. Like it's not hard okay. to see. Yeah, um, I don't know yeah. very much about that at all. I just um, you know I just hear a few things here or there and yeah. uh, figure out swing them your way. So um, the next question, um, I don't I don't know. Um, if uh, you'll, you know, have an opinion or or a take on it, this is more of like a macro economy kind of question. Yeah. Um, I know we're intraday traders as far as futures go, um, but being that the bond market uh, yield curve went inverted, um, has the markets been moving differently since it inverted, and has it affected your trading any? Um. I would say a few things. One, you are 100% correct that my knowledge of <laughs> yield curves and <laughs> macro situations in the bond market are as next to nil, um, in part because I very much am an intraday scalper. Um, it was my biggest nightmare that I would come on this podcast and that would be like all you wanted to talk about. I'd be like, I don't know. Right, <laughs> the, yeah. Um, no, I yeah, no, I mean, honestly, yeah, I don't keep, uh, like I seriously brought up a chart and had to zoom out just to see what the bonds have done over the last like two weeks, just because I very much am focused on what I see during the day. Um, I would say I haven't really noticed much difference. I mean, just to put in perspective, though, I mean, I haven't noticed much difference in the order flow um, since whenever they invert it. Uh, um, I find it funny. Now, I haven't noticed any difference. It hasn't impacted my trading. Um, And aside to this, not trying to divert from the question, but um, I do occasionally get people ask me, they're like, I just didn't see like any setups in the bonds today. And I'm like, really? Like, I mean, there's, did you watch them? Like there's, (laughs) I mean, they're constantly ebbing and flowing. Like if you're actually watching, see, I think what the problem is, is they're trying to watch them, but they're still keeping that like chart trader mentality and they're looking for an indicator or something. And I'm like, it's not like that. It's, it's not, you're, there is zero indicators on Jigsaw, your trading order flow. So, um, but yeah, unfortunately I don't have much input on the uh, macro big picture with the, with the treasuries and the yield curve. Um, Now I know that the volatility is picked up um, a little bit just with the yield curve being inverted. Um, and I know the vol. I know that the futures market volatility is not like the Nasdaq or something, um, but has it been moving more? I mean, because you hear like implied volatility on the Treasuries is at its I don't know eighty eightieth percentile of the last year. Um, is that something that you've really noticed? I can't say that I've noticed it. Um... Maybe it's just one of those things where it just gradually like, changes over. Yeah, time. exactly. It gradually changed. So day by day, you just kind of adjust to it. And and like, yeah, like if you were to ask me that without any context, I'd be like, no, like it's the same as always. <laughs> but um, but it could well just be that I've kind of like naturally adjusted to it over time. Right. Yeah. Um, but I'm not like personally, I'm not seeing any difference in like in terms of like individual trades and like what I'm expecting out of it. Um, it's not like it's flying like off the handle or anything like that. Like it's it's all been kind of measured. Like, um, yeah, maybe on the big bigger picture it is, but I I haven't noticed it on a trade by trade basis. Heard that? Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay, now we save this for last. Um, if you've made it this far, um, so when when you were on the show last time, 
yeah. Bitcoin was shooting up to 50k. It was right around 50k at the time. Uh, since then, it went up to I don't know. I think its high was like 68 or something. I'm not sure. And then it came oh. crashing way back down. Now we're in like 37. I think we're 37 thousand something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. I know Fat Baby's really big on Bitcoin. Uh, I don't know if he's still around. Um, yeah, I'm still here. Okay, you, you're sticking in there good uh, uh, with us. So I appreciate you uh, you hanging out. Um, so now that Bitcoin's at 37, um, and they've been a lot of ballooning and popping in the, I guess the shit coins we'll call them. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your view of the crypto market? Um, uh, Canadian future trader and Fat Baby, you can uh, interject in this. And um, this is Fat Baby Funds is our crypto expert. Honestly, um, I mean, I know more than the average person, but still not uh, a, a good depth of the market, um, as you probably picked up on last time, Canadian futures trader. But um, I will say, I know that uh, you were doing some mining before too, so yep. that could be a good conversation with Fat Baby as far as. Uh, mining crypto and just the space in general, but also thoughts on uh, where the space is headed. Uh, sure, I'll go first. So um, first, just the mining. So you're you're absolutely right. So I'm I'm in crypto. I don't trade it. Like I'm not trading it anything like I trade futures. Just that's complete aside. Um, I'm much more a long term investor. Um, on the mining front, I did give up the mining when I moved to Montreal, um, in part because. Um, I know like long-term Ethereum is switching to proof of stake instead of proof of work. Um, all the equipment I had had pretty much doubled in price in terms of the graphics cards and whatnot. And I, I mean, those rigs are loud and they're hot and I just didn't want them in my place. So it was kind of a perfect storm of like, okay, I kind of did the mining thing. It was kind of like my COVID project. It was fun, um, but I'm going to sell all this stuff. So I don't have any Ethereum mining rigs anymore. Um, but in terms of crypto in general, I'm very much in the crypto space long term. I would say a very much lion's share of my money, investment money, is in crypto. Um, I do follow the space quite a bit. Um, not like, well, pretty well, I would say, more than your average person. The um, very much aware of like a lot of the NFT scams and um, shit coins and all that stuff. Um, most of my money is. Um, I would say bulk is in like Bitcoin and Ethereum, but I do venture off. Like I have about, I don't know, say 10 to 15, I'd have to look about 10 to 15 other coins that I have some money in at least. Um, and I will say, and then I'll let Fat Baby talk. Um, the one area, the one space, and I actually be curious on Fat Baby's input on this, is space that I am bigger on is the um, uh, virtual worlds, metaverse type of stuff. So while owning coins of like Sandbox and uh, Decentraland and stuff like that, I actually own four plots of land in the Sandbox, which cost me more money than I'm probably willing to admit. But um, <laughs> um, um, so I own just vacant land in the Sandbox metaverse, um, long-term hold, just like I have no near-term expectations for it. But um, yeah, I, I feel like I have a pretty nice... Uh, crypto uh portfolio and i'm also long bitcoin ethereum and uh, some of these other coins so yeah yeah for me i'm i'm like 90 percent bitcoin nine percent uh, ethereum and like one percent like shit coins um and nfts and stuff uh but yeah i think the the metaverse concept is pretty interesting i have a hard time finding 
what what is going to be the real winner long term on that end i think nfts make a lot of sense in that space um but the land that's one where i get it but i'm also like how do i know it's this one that's where i always have a really hard time when i'm looking at it just because there's so many different versions of digital land you can buy at this point um so i i past decentraland i think that one so it's since it was sort of one of the first ones in the space it like it just gets really messy for me beyond there it's like oh i i get it i like the idea of it um it it's just i just don't know which one to buy I agree. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it was a wise investment, but the, um, yeah, I kind of was on the same space. I did my little research. It's kind of like how I got into the futures. I just hop on YouTube and absorb as much info as I can and figure out who's bogus and who I kind of trust. And uh, yeah, I kind of latched on the sandbox, but um, it could blow up in my face. I'm kind of at the point, like, I'm not going to get any more digital land. Kind of like, eh, yeah, it definitely, like, it's not enough that I would lose any sleep, but I definitely don't want any more either. Um, I'm much more comfortable holding like yeah the bitcoin the ethereum um long term yeah and i mean it's fun to play around i uh i've played around with DeFi kingdoms all that kind of stuff i think the play to earn games are pretty cool um i think that could be the next sort of pump that comes but it's it's just there's so many of them out there it's it's like throwing darts sometimes Actually, here, this is a complete aside, but I have a fun story for you that's at my expense. But uh, so Dogecoin, I own Dogecoin. I owned 1.1 million Dogecoin about a year before it took off, a year, year and a half. So like basically my my 1.1 million was worth like 4,500 bucks. Um, and I sold it all because I, I bought the 1 million as a joke, like, haha, this would be hilarious if I ever became a millionaire off it. And then I kind of wised up, well, not really. And I sold it all for like 4,500 bucks. Fast forward a year when it shot up to whatever it shot up to, like I quite literally would have been close to a millionaire off of Dogecoin. And I just watched it every day and... And that really hurt. Um, but anyways, <laughs> yeah, that was... the laugh, but just the way that you said that just killed yeah. me. Just... Well, it's that really nice. that legitimately hurt. It was like, wow, I would have. I forget what the high was, U.S. dollar. It's weird because I'm in Canada. Like it almost reached a dollar Canadian. I remember. So it's probably like seventy cents. I, I yeah. would have had hundreds of thousands of dollars off of Dogecoin, but because because I sold it a year before, I had nothing so yeah that, man that's one of those stories of like i'll be in? telling when i'm 70 i'll be telling somebody <laughs> i could have been a millionaire off of dogecoin and they'll think i'm crazy and yeah <laughs> oi, oi. That, that, yeah those are the ones that would that that hurt when you when you right. go back and think about it oh yeah that, that one hurt but anyways i'm obviously still scored by that if i'm bringing it up like years after the fact but yeah <laughs> just the way um, you said that i could i could feel your pain on that one now now did you I, i'm guessing you sold for a profit though uh you were just did, early, yes right? so i paid i'm using round numbers i actually took screenshots back when but um i paid say 2500 for it and i sold it for 4500 that was a good um, trade, I, though. Yeah, well, that was the thing. Like, I paid twenty five hundred, and in a short time, one or two months, it went up to forty five. I was like, oh yeah, like come on, this is never going to go to a dollar. Like, I'll take the two grand, and yeah, like it was a good trade. And then fast forward a year, year and a half, whatever the timing was, and um, yeah, when it was taking off, the whole Elon Musk and all that stuff, and it was just um, yeah, that was really 
it was a tough one but anyways um, i did i took screenshots from my like app i use a ledger and um just to prove so anyone i tell a story to i'm like no look i I had a 1.1 million dogecoin (laughs) that's crazy (laughs) i mean that's a hard thing too is is you know if you get a almost a hundred percent gain on something yeah. it's hard not to take the money when it's, yeah. i mean and then, then it goes like you know however many x you know times that is that's crazy yeah but anyways um but anyways not to derail from the positive future some or, <laughs> or uh, crypto talk uh that's okay our money will be made up in nfts right so <laughs> just kidding right uh fat baby do you have any uh more crypto uh crypto questions or, or, or talk no i mean uh, the only thing i'll ask is is there a, a random moonshot coin or a random uh nft project you're really into um nothing too nothing like the completely speculative um crypto stuff i just don't it's not even that i don't have the stomach for it i just couldn't be bothered um uh most of the ones that i'm in i need to even think now um a lot of the coins like Solana, Polkadot, Aave, um, Sandbox. So I would, if there's a moonshot, I would say it's those. And I mean, if, I wouldn't even call it a moonshot, but the more speculative ones would be like the Sandbox, the Mana. Mm-hmm. Um, and the NFT land is probably the most speculative thing that I that I do have. Um, I watch too many. Um, I'm sure, I mean, maybe you're familiar with it, maybe you're not. But like the, the channels like CoffeeZilla and stuff who expose the scammers. I see mm-hmm. enough of those oh, videos. Oh, I love his channel. Oh, I love CoffeeZilla and um, Spencer Cornelia, which isn't so much crypto focused, but um, the um, yeah, I watch enough of those videos to keep me away from any of the crazy pump and dumps because I'm like, no, like every almost everybody's getting burned, so I don't want to be one of the suckers. So. Safe moon and all that. Say, exactly, uh, but yeah. I love the dirt. I love watching those videos. So. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. His graphics are really cool. Coffee Zilla. Yeah. Oh yeah, the whole million dollar studio and stuff like that. Yeah. It's yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. He he's got he's got a pretty cool setup there. Um, I will say the last thing I have to add um, on the crypto space is, um, you know, I'm a trend trader, um, an investor. Uh, the only thing uh, with investing that's a little different is also have a little bit of macro, uh, I guess, overview on top of the trend trading. But um, Bitcoin, if it gets over 43500 I will be a buyer. Uh, right now, right now it's bearish trend, um, so I'm staying out of that market right now, uh, just to add that in there. Um, but that's basically all I had. I, I took a bunch of notes. I was uh, taking my time this morning, thinking of all the things uh, we talked about before, and also uh, all the new questions I had. We covered a lot of stuff. Um, you know, this has been a very long uh, discussion, but you know, I've been I've been I've been waiting on this one for a minute. So I think we covered everything that I wanted uh, I wanted to cover, and I thank both you guys uh, for spending your um, you know your time uh, having this conversation. Um, so th- thank thank you so much, uh, Canadian Future Trader, for um, for coming on the show, and thank you, Fat Baby, for being here and um, listening to us ramble for the most for the most part. But I, I enjoyed this conversation very much. No, I thank you guys. I had a blast. Anytime, I'd be happy to be back. The um, no, we covered a ton of great stuff. Hopefully, some people gleam some info from it had a few laughs and uh no i i'm long time listener and subscriber to the just swinging a podcast and everybody should be so uh thanks for having me 
Yeah, I appreciate that. I uh, appreciate that a lot. What are you saying, Fat Baby? Uh, not Nothing. Just uh, thanks for coming on and thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, a lot's changed uh, in the last year. Uh, we covered a lot of good stuff there. Um, a lot's changed with our podcast. Um, we moved away from who we were with before. We had a YouTube channel going there. Now we've started over with our own YouTube channel. We brought in Fat Baby Funds. Um, so, you know, we, we've been working on a lot. We kind of took a, a, a little time off before we came back with Fat Baby Funds. Um, Chris got married, and then I got married uh, shortly after, and, and I've been working on trading and a, a bunch of work and uh, music videos and things like that. So we kind of took a, a time off from the podcast there. But we, uh, I think this is our 71st uh, episode, so we're, uh, we're a couple years deep, and um, we're getting close to our 100th uh, episode um chris has been studying so they've been a couple weeks fat baby's been traveling um i've been doing a few different things here and there so um we haven't been doing one a week every week um but i definitely am clearing up my schedule a little bit more and i'm going to try to start posting one video a week to our youtube channel and try to get that uh that going it's going to be more investing um and like swing trading not so much day trading um the day trading thing um, I might start providing some content on that, um, uh, but uh, I think the Canadian futures trader Mighty Ox and Douglas on trading pretty much got uh, covered on the future side of things. So um, I'm gonna st stay away from stepping on their toes. I'm gonna try to have the Mighty Ox uh, on here at some point as well. I know he's more of a weekend uh, person because he's so busy during the week trading and streaming and things. So definitely gonna try to have him on in a few weeks, but. Uh, do you guys have anything else to add? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I appreciate everything you guys do. I think it's great. You're you're cut from the same cloth, like I mentioned myself, Mighty Ox, and yeah, just trying to get good information out to people. Um, I think that'd be a fantastic interview as well to hear hear his perspective on futures and uh, the various trading firms. And uh, no, I'm looking forward to uh, the future episodes and that hundredth episode. Yeah, for sure. We might do something big that hundred episode. Have a few guests. I'll be something. waiting. Yes, sir. So, uh, and we might even do that one live. Uh, so we might have some fun with that. Uh, I know a couple. Um, shoot, a couple years back, um, I can't remember what event it was, but we had fat. What event we went for? We went for like four hours and had like five guests. Fat baby was a guest at that time. Can you remember what that was for? That, was that the presidential election? Shoot, we might have been doing this for a lot long, longer than I thought. <laughs> what was that? That might have been it. Yeah, it might might have been, but we had like a bunch of different guests, and uh, that was a lot of fun. We had a lot of people on talking some talking some shit and talking some trading and stuff. But uh, <laughs> yeah, appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, where can people find you? I about forgot. Where, where can people find you, uh, Canadian futures trader? Uh, probably best place is my site, CanadianFuturesTrader.ca, or if you go to .com, it'll work as well. Um, I mean, I'm on all the social media stuff, but I'm really not that interactive. The best place to probably find me is my website, and then on YouTube as well. I put out videos um, on there. If you search for Canadian Futures Trader, you'll, you'll, you'll find me, and there's a, like a combination of trader valuation reviews and deals and bond trading and uh god knows what but uh try to keep it uh entertaining and uh, educational heard that well sounds good uh this has been the just swinging a podcast uh, appreciate you guys listening and we will see you guys next time have a good day guys you too see ya
The contents of this week's episode of the Just Swingin' It podcast are for educational and entertainment purposes only. All persons are only given their opinions and are not to be considered financial advice. The Just Swingin' It podcast isn't responsible for any financial actions you may take based on the conversations held on this show.